Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. In Cuba, the people are rising against their communist governments. Canada has appeared largely disinterested, although Mr. Trudeau, um, as I said earlier, did piggyback on a statement by uh, Mr. Biden, but given how much money the Canadian, uh, the Canadian tourists uh, infuse into the Cuban economy, I think we have a greater role to play. So watch the situation. Why should Canada step up? Louise Tillotson is Amnesty International Caribbean researcher. She joins us from Mexico. Ms. Tillotson, thank you very much uh, for the time. Tell us, please, what it is the Cuban people are protesting. Hi. Um, yes, good afternoon. So the, the Cuban people have been protesting. Well, they protested on the 11th of July. Um, it was sort of an unprecedented protest, bigger than we've seen in in decades um, for, for a myriad of reasons. Um, the economy, um, because uh, the situation is dire, we've seen increasingly long um, lines to be able to get food, um, the, the scarcity of medicines. Um, the, the COVID-19 context has sort of heightened as we've seen across um, the Latin America and the Caribbean. Um, it's sort of heightened inequality and magnified um, you know, the, the inequality that marginalized groups experience. Um, and, and people were already protest, also protesting um, sort of the long-term, decades-old um, restrictions on, on freedom of expression that are, are very severe in Cuba um, and have, have created in many ways uh, a fear, a culture of fear, a chilling effect. Um, and, and so the, the, the protests we saw on the 11th of July were, were quite surprising because it seemed that that fear was was broken. Um, but we've seen in the immediate aftermath that there's been a, a crackdown on those that protest, um, and, and, and as we've seen historically, a, a, a crackdown on repression. And, and the, uh, the, uh, the Cuban police services, perhaps even the military, have been involved, and they've been rather ruthless in dealing with the, with the protests in the streets, have they not? Yeah, I mean, what we know at the moment um, is that hundreds are still detained. Um, it's hard because many of them are detained uh, incommunicado without um, clear information about where they're detained or, um, you know, the, the charges that have been made against them. Um, but we know that hundreds are still detained. Um, often, they've, you know, that we're seeing the authorities using what they've used for decades, which is the, the hard edge of the criminal law to, to penalize people. They're being charged with often things like public disorder or, or contempt, um, which provisions of the criminal code that really shouldn't be used in any country um, to, to silence dissent or, or protest. And we've also seen that many people, including journalists, are, are under house arrest. So essentially, they've got permanent surveillance outside of the house and they can't leave. So, you know, the coverage on, on the, the protests has, has been stunted because of that. Um, and, uh, yeah, as, as you say, I mean, it's, it, we've been tracking the situation from um, as soon as we saw the protests emerge on the 11th, um, trying to gather information as we can. It's worth saying to your listeners that um, of all the countries in the Americas, Cuba is the only that Amnesty International is not able to visit um, because the authorities don't allow us to visit. Um, so. It's a country where um, there's not been historically, at least in the last 30 years or so, um, any propensity to allow international scrutiny. And of course, that in a, in a situation like this makes it particularly difficult for international organizations like ours to document what's happening. Um, and you add to that an internet blackout 
um, an interference with the internet, um, and it becomes quite a difficult scenario. Do you uh, do you have the sense that the international community at large has been far too quiet about what's going on in Cuba now? Hasn't been proactive enough? Hasn't taken enough of a strong stance to support the people of Cuba? I think there's there's often a tendency towards seeing Cuba as a kind of exception, um, and uh, of course, uh, you know, Cuba has um, you know a very polarizing politics. You know, there's people on one side of the political spectrum or the other have very strong views about what's happening. Um, uh, you know, a ro- the role of an organization like Amnesty International is to look beyond that politics and to look squarely at the human rights abuses that take place. Um, and what we've seen, sadly, is that um, the the repression, the policy of repression, um, it is something that's been going on for many years. Um, and uh, what happens on the 11th of July with essentially the authorities criminalizing everybody who protested and treating them all as rioters or people engaged in vandalism um, is one that um, you know needs to be condemned. It needs to be condemned, and but it shouldn't be allowed. And Absolutely. oftentimes, the authorities are, are not uh, authorities from other countries are not speaking out. Yeah, yeah. Miss Tillotson. Uh, so uh, our listeners can go to Amnesty's uh, website and find out more, right? Yes, indeed. Um, we're trying to update as quickly as we can the information we have available. Um, and as I mentioned, we, we've been interviewing mostly relatives of those detained um, and other people who are you know, gathering information um, you know, for the last few weeks. Um, in, in a couple more weeks, we're likely to issue a, a more substantive yeah. report with our key findings. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.